You're listening to the She's Unshakable podcast. I'm your host, Fleur Lonsdale, and if you're looking to create incredible courage, resilience, and unshakable belief in yourself, then this podcast is for you. Each episode, I'll be interviewing incredible adventurers, athletes, and entrepreneurs to dig deep into the strategies and tools they use to create unwavering courage and belief so that you can learn how to never give up on your goals and achieve the life of your dreams. Today I get the pleasure of introducing to you Christy Ogle. Christy is a very busy mum. She's a mum of three, she runs five companies, she works alongside her husband and she has a really good time doing it but she knows how to work hard. She tells us the story about why she decided to quit her corporate job and venture into the world of entrepreneurship, the why behind it because it's so strong and important to have a why and all the failures that have come with it as well. She talks about the importance of having family time and really connecting with those in your family and your children, but also the importance of having mentors and using them if you want to accelerate and grow your business. Welcome, Christy. I'm so excited to have you with us on the She's Unshakable podcast, and I'm so glad that you are here. And I'd love to start off by one, introducing yourself, but also telling us what your morning routine is, because I love morning routines and I bet you've got a really awesome one. Well, I've got a crazy morning routine. Uh, where I'm at, it's about 8 p.m., so I'm getting ready to wind down because I've been up since 4 a.m. I get up at 4 a.m., uh, I meditate, I read, um, I listen to something inspirational, and by 5, um, I'm supposed to be there at 5.05, but I'm usually a few minutes late to my workout, and then I do a boot camp workout um, for about, uh, it's supposed to be an hour, but it's really 50 minutes. Um, and then, uh, I come home, I get ready to work for work. I'm there before eight. Um, and that's how my day starts. Oh, and I also meditate every morning. Nice. That's a, that's an early morning, 4am. Yeah. What time do you go to bed? Uh, I usually go to bed about eight or eight 30. Oh yeah. That's early. (laughs) (laughs) That's an early night. Do you do that at the weekends as well? No, on the weekends, I sleep in a little bit later. I stay up a little bit later because I go on a date night every uh, Friday night with my husband. And then Saturday nights is my family night with the kiddos. So we usually do stay up till about 10, maybe 11 if it's a wild night. And then I'll sleep until about 6 a.m. on the weekends. Yeah, see, I struggle because I wake up early during the week. But if I have a lie-in... At the weekend, Monday just seems to be so hard when you're waking up early. Uh huh. Do you get that too, or you're just in this flow? No, because I've been doing it for years. So I'm when Monday rolls around, I'm ready to go and get at it. Yeah. Um, and get the week going. Uh, I, I'd say probably my highest energy day would be a Monday. Nice. Like it. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So why don't you explain a little bit about your background? Um, You obviously starting your own business, what you were doing before that, your family, and um, yeah, what made you take the leap? Yeah, so uh, I actually was a social worker before we started Sometimes Spouse, which is our business. And I was a so- when I was a social worker, my husband was a motorcycle mechanic. 
And uh, we both had part-time jobs because we were living paycheck to paycheck. And we worked really hard. We worked, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, but we could never get ahead. And um, we, we still got to spend time with our family. One of our daughters is really athletic. And so we went to one of her ball games one night. It was her first softball game ever. And she was about uh, 10 years old. And we went to the softball game. And, you know, I had, like, a glass of wine before uh, we went to the softball game. It was a great evening. We just bought a brand-new truck. Uh, it was one of our first brand-new vehicles. And we go to um, the softball game, and we'd already started. Sometimes spouse, we dabbled in it a little bit. We were doing it, you know, a few hours a week to make a little bit of extra money. But uh, go to the softball game. Abby goes she hits the ball it's a grounder it goes in the outfield and um, she runs to first base and they pick up the ball and abby it was her first game she didn't know any better she decided to steal the second base and as she stole the second base she slides into second and i'm videoing the whole thing <laughs> and this woman beside me goes that little girl just broke her leg I said, she can break her leg. Like, you know, I had a little bit of a buzz on from the wine. And I saw <laughs> video in it, and I noticed she's not getting up. Oh, no. And then my husband, he's sitting beside me, and he takes off. And so um, they go out there. We live in rural Texas, and they, they uh, didn't have anything out there to take care of her broken leg. So we had to get PVC pipes and use electrical tape to tape up her legs. It's hot take her into the truck and take her to the emergency room, which is 25 miles away from where we're at. Wow. And so we get her to the emergency room and, um, she had broken her leg after x-rays and about 3 AM they came into us and they said, um, we think we can pop it back into place. And they try to pop her leg back into Ooh. place and, um, they can't because it's too painful. Even with the sedatives, they couldn't do yeah, anything. Damn right. And so I go go back home and the next morning they were taking her into surgery and they were gonna try to pop it in and if not they were gonna have to, you know, go in surgically and put pins in and all that kind of stuff, which you know would be a nightmare. Yeah. And uh, I call into my boss and I said, I can't come in today, my daughter's having surgery. And she said um, did you get your notes in from yesterday? Because I was a social worker, and I said, no. And she goes, you really need to get your notes in from yesterday. And I said, I'll put them in in the next couple days. She goes, Christy, you have a couple hours while your daughter's in surgery. You go ahead and put those notes in today. Nice. And so I hung up the phone, <laughs> and I went, you know, they, they were taking my daughter into surgery, and uh, my husband and I did have a couple hours in the waiting room. And I said, you know what, I just had to call our, my boss to ask permission to be with my daughter um, while she's having surgery. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's not the kind of life you want to live, Max Vogel. And he said, I know, I just had to call into my boss, too. And um, so that day we decided this little handyman and household business that we started um, was going to replace our income. And within three weeks, Max left his full-time job. And within three months, I left my full-time job. Wow. And we never had to ask permission since. Nice. I love it. It's so, yeah. it's so amazing how it takes one moment, literally one moment for us to go, 
actually, this isn't the way life should be and I'm going to do something about it. Right. It's, uh, it's amazing how that, just that one decision or that it can change the trajectory of your life forever. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think every entrepreneur has a story that's possibly very similar to yours. I know that I started a business because having moved to New Zealand, um, very far away from my family in the UK, and having four weeks off a year, which I know is more than you guys, but still having four weeks off a year wasn't going to cut it for me. Like, I I love my family, but I didn't want to go traveling to, to the UK every year, you know. I want to go and spend time with my family, but I also want to go and see the world and see the beauty that we have. So having four weeks off a year just wasn't going to do it for me. So I needed to find a way where I could be able to work from anywhere and I could decide on my hours and decide what I wanted to do with my day. And I think everyone has a moment where they go, actually, I can do something better that's going to be much better for my life and my lifestyle. And it's going to make me much happier than what I'm doing right now. Exactly. And most people, they never take that leap of faith like you and I have where we said, you know what, this is my life. I'm going to live it the way that I want to live it. And I'm going to have that freedom, flexibility and ability to put my family first or do whatever I want to do instead of somebody else telling me how to live my life. Because we only have one life. Yeah. Like it is us to live and it's okay to be selfish and go, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm going to go do what I want to do. Yeah. And it's funny that you talk about being selfish. Like I don't, I used to think being selfish was something really bad. And now I just see it as actually, you know what, you're doing something that makes you happy and you're doing something that benefits you, but it doesn't mean it's not benefiting other people as well. (laughs) And it's, we have this strange thing in this world where we think being selfish and doing something for ourselves is a bad thing when actually we should be praising the people who are doing that because they're the ones who are going to bring the energy to the world, you know? Exactly. And at, you and I being women, uh, you we seriously, we take care of other people. We nurture other yeah. people. And it's so hard sometimes as a woman to go, you know what? No, I need to take yeah. care of me also, not just everyone else. Because at the end of the road, you want to also have enjoyed your life not just made everybody else's life wonderful yeah and you see it a lot with mums as well I think more so with mums than just women in general but as soon as you become a mum it's like I am I am just putting myself further and further down the line and everything goes for my kids before it does for me and actually it's not even very good for your kids to do that like your kids need to see you wanting to take care of yourself and doing things that make you happy so that you can make them happy too right Exactly, exactly. I mean, my kids um, are totally different than, you know, some other people's kids that I encounter, whereas uh, one of my kids, she's an athlete, and she loves to do athletics, so I encourage her, like, every moment she gets to do anything athletic, from basketball to stand-up paddleboarding to kayaking or just being out fishing, um, I always encourage her, if that's what she wants to do, go and do it. And she goes, well, Mom, I know you don't want to go fishing all the time. And I said, that's okay. Go out back to the tank and go fishing. You can go do it or go do it with Dad. I don't have to be with you all the time. And vice versa. I mean, she sees me take off on my set board 
every Sunday morning and I'm gone for three or four hours, <laughs> she's not going, I want to tag along with you because she knows mom has to do some things by herself and like recoup um, so she can have energy to face the rest of the day. Yeah, I love it. It's so important. Um, cool. So obviously you starting your business um, and it's gone very successfully. It's done very well so far, um, which is great. And I'm sure yeah. it's going to keep going, which is awesome. But I know that a lot of people see people who are successful and just think, oh, you know, it was super easy for them. Like, you, you know, they've had everything working in their favor and everything seems to work well for them. But I and you know, we both know that that's just not true <laughs> and that we all face yeah. challenges along the way. And most people just don't see those challenges. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to make this podcast was to share with people that it's not always sunny and bright and there are challenges and tough moments that we have to face. And I'd love for you to open up and share with us what's happened on your journey, um, what challenges have you faced and, and what have you had to sort of surrender to? Man, there's been so many challenges. Um, I remember when I first started in uh, business, somebody said an overnight success. Everybody thinks that happens overnight, right? But it really takes you about 10 or 15 years to yeah. get there. And I'm only six years along on my journey, so I feel pretty blessed. But when I heard that the first time, I thought, you know what? They're full of it. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kill and conquer the world, you know, in a year or two. And here I am six years later and still, you know, trying to figure it all out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, there's been so many challenges along the way from, you know, um, figuring out employees, figuring out how to franchise my business, how to really deal with some difficult people or taking on bad business partners in the past. Um, to running out of money several different times and having to come up, be resourceful um, to come up with the funds to keep going. I mean, there, there's so many challenges in, in another whole different array. Personally, it's been challenging because I started the business along with my husband and um, it's different going from, you know, spending a couple hours together in the evening to where now you're running a, a business empire together. So we had to find our yin and yang to be able to work together. So, I mean, there's been so many difficulties, but the thing is, is you have to be resourceful. You have to uh, just get back up. When you fall down, you better fall on your back so you can hop back up because no matter what in any kind of business, it's not all roses and butterflies. Um, it is, there's challenges you're going to have to deal with every day. There's fires that you're going to have to put out, um, and take care of. And what it is, is it's making you a better leader. It's making you a better person. It's making you the woman or man that you're supposed to be and to lead others and become. Yeah. I love that. And I think it is so important to, to understand that whatever we're going through is actually happening to us for a reason. And it's normally a good thing, but we just concentrate mm -hmm. on, on the bad stuff rather than yep. how the opportunities that are coming to us because of that actually happening. So I love that. Yeah. Is there any sort of big challenge that you kind of, that makes your heart sink or makes your stomach turn a little bit that you look back to? You know, if you would ask me that question 
six months ago or a year ago, I would have said, you know, it's probably uh, when I was brought on some franchisees in the beginning that weren't the right fit for a culture at some time, which is family first. And um, they left the organization, um, some of them by choice, many of them because we asked them to leave because they didn't represent the family values that we really have at sometimes spouses. Um, in the beginning, I think it was a real kind of fight for me because I thought that I could teach anybody to do this business. I can teach anybody to do this business, but they have that that free will, that choice to go out and take action. So a lot of meditation and um, learning has taught me that it's not me. It's that I have so many successful franchises. I have so many people that are going, hey, Christy, you're doing an amazing job. You're creating a legacy. Like you're a legend in the making and blah, 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 blah. But I still think about those few failures that I had that, I should have been able to help them more, fix them more, get them to take action. And, you know, six months or a year later, I realized it was nothing to do with me. It was that, you know, they just weren't ready to take that next step. They hadn't, uh, they couldn't take that action. They couldn't go out and network. They couldn't market the way that we taught them to market. They tried to recreate the wheel and you don't have to recreate it. It was already taken care of. So I think a big part of my journey was learning that everybody you bring along with you in the beginning is not going to be there at the end. Yeah. And it's not because of you. It's the choices that they're making. They have their free will and you can't do anything about it. So six months ago, I would have said that. Now I can talk about it like I wouldn't have even mentioned this to you six months ago or a year ago because it was so raw still but now that I've worked through those kind of emotions and learning and meditation is amazing (laughs) you can kind of learn that this was an opportunity for me to grow and become a better leader to become a better trainer to become a better CEO to become even a better mom a better wife and better in relationships and to treasure and notice cues that people are actually showing you um, that I wouldn't have noticed a couple of years ago in the beginning. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, important to understand as well that just because you've got some big goals, it doesn't mean that other people have those goals as well. And knowing that actually everyone's got their own thing that they want to do. They've got their own sort of passions that they want to align themselves with and and as long as we give them love and show them support um then it's always good right mm-hmm. it is good um and that was one thing in the beginning too that I was really scared of is showing how big I want my goals to be um I kind of held it back for four or five years when we started this business I've always had a dream to really help 1,204,732 people um, put their families first. And uh, in the beginning, I didn't show that enthusiasm. So that's another reason I didn't bring the right people along. Um, They were along the ride for financial gain, which that's great. That's why we're all in business. But you have to have a bigger why than just money or it doesn't work. Yeah. So tell me, what's your why? 
definitely family first, you know, telling you about Abby and when, you know, I had to ask permission to be there for her. Yeah. Um, that is a huge motivator for me. Now, I might work some days 4 a.m. to, you know, about 6 p.m. and then go spend some time with the kiddos and eat dinner and catch up on the day. But I know they're going to do their own things at 8 o'clock. So if I need to do a conference call or something like that at this time, I can. Um, family first is so important. I'm always there at their basketball games. I'm always there. I'm their biggest cheerleader, choir concerts theater if they ever need me I'm there and also they're there with us um all three of my children work at some time spouse during the summers when they're not in school um we build our things together as a family um and it's been pretty amazing now I have other employees and other other partners but I wanted my kids to learn how important it is to have a mission, a vision of where you want to go in life, but also you have to do that hard work. So uh, family first, so I can always be there with my husband and build our empire together instead of living our lives separately, as many people do. Uh, it's pretty amazing um, to bring people along um, the sometimes spouse journey that want to put family first also. I've seen people get started with sometimes spouses. The husband begins because he was on call 24-7 before he started sometimes spouse as a nursing home administrator. And he says, Christy, my dream is to bring my wife along too because she's a hard-working nurse. And within a year to be able to see that happen and see the closeness that he has with his wife and his son that he'd never had before because he was always on call. They were always second and work was first. So family first is definitely the mission and sometimes spouse in every business that I'm involved in because I'm involved in several different businesses. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important, especially these days. I know that when I was brought up, it was very common for our parents to work extremely long hours and I think everyone did it. It was just the thing. It was just, you know, you've got to hustle. You've got to pay the mortgage. You've got to pay the bills. You've got to pay for your kids' exactly. clothes and whatever it is. And, and that comes first rather than, I don't know, living in swaddling clothes and living in the forest. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is funny. But, yeah, I totally know what you mean. I think it's so awesome that these days we have an economy where we can go out and do things like that and not only start a new project but also you know have a side project that we can do that can eventually grow and turn into our full-time income so that we can have more flexibility and freedom and I think it's we're very lucky and I think it's so important that we've got that now as well especially for the women who are career focused but still want to be at home I think it's it's so good yeah um, the average American family spends about 36 minutes together with their family in a day. So most wow. of the time, um, it, that 36 minutes is on a screen of some sort. So it's a computer, a tablet, a phone, a television screen, instead of really interacting with each other. So um, 
I think it's so important to teach others to put that remote control of their life down, that telephone, and really interact with their kids and get interested in their kids. Because I, I feel like we're raising a society of people um, that are addicted to that remote control of their yeah. lives. And if you don't put interest into your children, your children aren't going to learn to put interest into other people or other things. Yeah. So, I mean instead of that facade of social media, um, actually interacting with them, putting that phone down, making memories. And if you're like, well, I can't connect with my kid because they're a teenager. I mean, get interested in something they're interested in. I know more about dinosaurs and um, (laughs) video games. I was getting ready to call them Atari, but I know it's not that anymore. (laughs) But... uh, I know more about that because I want to connect with my son. If I didn't get involved in that kind of stuff, I would never talk to my son. Yeah. So um, you have to show a little interest in what they're doing so that they'll show a little interest in what you're doing. Um, just tonight before, um, before the podcast, I was in the kitchen sitting on the counter um, talking to my husband because we hadn't seen each other all day. It was a weird day. And um, both of my kids are in there going, hey, mom and dad, how was your day? And listening to us talk about our days as well as we're asking them about their days and finding out they're playing with the dogs while my husband's cooking supper. But um, it's pretty cool to be able to actually have a family that you enjoy, the people that you choose to live your life with, to actually be able to live it and spend it with them and not just be strangers passing going in and out of the house yeah 100 percent. and I think it's important as well for your kids to know where where you're going and what is really going on in your life I think a lot of parents don't share as much as they could share and I think if we did then the kids would be way more involved and want to learn and want to understand and maybe sometimes even help as well which is really cool right Yeah, and if we raise kids without talking about our issues sometimes, then they're not going to know how to deal with those issues when they come along in their life. I know my mom and dad shielded us from everything, and um, it was really tough when I became an adult, right? Didn't know how to balance a checkbook, let alone deal with a flat tire, so um, I think that raising your kids and them seeing some of your issues and some of your failures um, also help them to be better, better members of society when they get older, better human beings. 100%. 100%. So one question I wanted to ask you is with all of some of the failures and challenges that you've gone through, obviously you said that meditation has really helped and spending that time in meditation morning and evening um, is great. Is there anything else that has helped you sort of get through those hard times and have the resilience to keep going? Definitely learning. So if you knew me yesterday, you didn't know me because I've learned something every single day. I use no, uh, no, I call it net time. I stole it from Tony Robbins. And um, that you, every time I'm in the car, I'm not listening to music necessarily. I'm learning yeah. books. Um, there's two books that I study all the time. Um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And then um, How to Win Friends and Influence P- People mm-hmm. by Dale Carnegie. Yeah. 
and um, I study them, and I also study other people like Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Dean Graziosi, Brandon Burkhart, Pete Vargas III. I'm always learning more. So, and in learning this, uh, these things, you learn that um, failure is a part of the process. Uh, before that, I thought failure was failure. Yeah. Like, you screwed up. You're an <laughs> idiot. I can't believe you did this. Whereas now, I'm like, oh, I failed, but, you know, I learned so much from it. And the real failure is if I didn't learn anything from it. So, um, I make mistakes all the time. I made a couple today when I was doing a speech earlier. And uh, I, I wanted to kick myself. And I thought, you know what? Now that I know I did that. I won't ever do it again. So I learn all the time and I listen to podcasts. I, I read books. I watch YouTube videos. Um, I still do enjoy a little bit of Netflix every now and then. Um, but, uh, I really, I want to learn. I want to be a better person. I want to become the woman that I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I think it's really nice for you to say that as well. I know that there's a lot of people listening who, would never even share their failures because they don't want people to think badly of them or they just think, oh, you know, I've screwed up or I spent this much money and it hasn't worked or whatever it might be. And actually, if we just shared these things a little bit more, then it would become normalized that actually falling on our heads or spending a bunch of money on something that hasn't done anything or tried something that hasn't worked, then we'd actually realize that people are failing all the time and people are getting back up and learning from it and not just going, oh my goodness, that was a waste and just going backwards. They're actually moving forwards and just saying, hey, you know what, this didn't work, but it's given me something to learn from and I can change it and I can do something better. Exactly. I think it's, yeah, it's, I think it's so important for people just to to get it. <laughs> just to understand and forgive yeah. themselves and not be so hard on themselves all the time. Yeah. Uh, my daughter that plays basketball, I tell her all the time, because she'll beat herself up. And you can tell that moment in the game where her mind has overcome what she's wanting to do, right? Yeah. Where the mind, because you have to control your mind or your mind will go crazy on you. So that moment when she's defeated and her mind goes, you know, I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you let that girl score on you. And you'll see her kind of change the rest of the game. And after the game, I'll go, babe, what happened? You were doing amazing in the first quarter. What happened a lot? And she'll go, mom, this is the moment it happened. And I knew better. And I shouldn't have done it. And I said, you're going to do it the next game? And she goes, no, I'm going to tell myself to keep going and go, people make mistakes. Because I always tell her, like, Michael Jordan missed the game-winning shot, like, hundreds of times but he made it 30 plus times. Yeah. So um, I try to tell her that there's some, everybody fails. You've just got to get, get back up and keep going because failure is a part of life. That pain that we get all the time, it's a part of life. It's actually to help us grow. Um, it's not for us to sit there and wallow in it. It's for us to learn from it and go on to the next thing. But so many people think that I'm going to be happy when there's no pain, when there's no failures, when I'm, 
uh, a rich and happy and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but they don't realize once you get to a different level, the problems are just kind of magnified. The more money you make, the bigger your problems are. Um, the more things you have in your life, you, you're going to have more issues. You just get better equipped to deal with those issues and kind of move on and go to the next thing. But no matter... No, if you're not failing in one way, shape, or form, you're not li- living. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Cool. So I've got another question. When you started your business and you obviously decided to just go, you know what that that moment with your daughter and saying I can't do this anymore. I need to be there for my family. Did you have a mentor that helped you? Did you have someone that was there to support you? Or was it just you and your husband just going, you know what, let's just do this? You know, I wish I could have said I was smart enough back then to have a mentor in business because <laughs> it probably would have, it would have saved me hundreds of thousands of dollars and uh, months and months worth of issues that we went through. But no, I didn't. But when I started franchising, um, sometimes about three years ago, I actually hooked up with my first mentor, Patrick Baldwin, and he's still one of my mentors to this day. And he taught us how to franchise our business. And I've gotten several mentors since then. And I've outgrown several of them because I work at a, a rapid pace. Um, and so does Max. So we've outgrown some, but um, mentors, they can take those decades and put them into days for you and save you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. Now, Patrick taught us to franchise in six weeks. So um, most people, it takes 10 or 15 years to do it. And Mm -hmm. we did it in year number three within six weeks. So uh, we like to do stuff at a really fast pace. Now, doing that, I'm going to warn you that when you do have those failures, it knocks your behind on the ground and it knocks you hard. But you just get back up and you keep going. But mentors, man, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to, that means six weeks is, that's impressive. (laughs) That's that's good going. Like, he's clearly good at what he does, which is nice to know. Um, so how, what would you share with someone if they were to start up their own business or their own side business or whatever it it might be, what advice would you give them? To take action, um, to just do it. Uh, and then another thing I would say is perfection is the enemy of profitability. (laughs) If you're waiting, if you're just starting up. And you're waiting for everything to be perfect, the economy to be perfect, your product to be perfect, your service to be perfect, uh, That to have this perfect amount of money in the bank, or wait until the kids um, graduate college, whatever it may be, perfection is the enemy of profitability. If you're waiting for it to be perfect, it's never going to happen. So you've just got to do it. And you're, you're going to make mistakes, but you'll learn from them. And try to find a mentor. Try to find somebody that's done it before you. And if you go, well, I don't know anybody that started an app company or, or a technology company. Somebody's done it before you, and they wrote a book about it. Read their book so yeah. that you can learn from their mistakes so you don't have to make them. Um, so you can take that 
go to a conference and learn from somebody that's done what you want to do in a few days. And you can take their decades worth of knowledge and start implementing it immediately to save you just times of time, tons of time and money to help you really accelerate um, your growth and your success. Yeah, 100%. Love it. Cool. Thanks. Um, so my last question for you is what's the scariest thing you've ever done? Scariest thing I've ever done, personally or professionally? You can go both if you want. Um, so professionally, it was leaving my J-O-B. Um, that was probably the scariest thing I've ever done. I, I knew I wanted to do it, but I was leaving, you know, a 40K a year job, which I laugh at it now, a 40K a year job, a 401K insurance, uh, and I walked away from that security and stability. So that was so scary professionally. And I laugh at it now because I've had so many hiccups between then and now, but I remember crying all the way home from the job I left and the best friend I left and all the friends that were there because I'd been there about eight years. So that was tough. Um, That was really scary because I didn't know if this little business would really take off and support my husband and I because I was the second one to leave because I had the better job. So that was scary knowing I had to provide, that we had to provide for our family, put food on the table, pay the bills, and keep what we had. So that would probably be it professionally. That was so scary. Now, personally, the scariest thing I've ever done is parasails. Um, (laughs) My daughter and I thought that we wanted to go and do it, and we went and did it. We did it together. We had that where two of us could parasail at the same time. She enjoyed it, but um, I thought we were going to die. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the scariest thing I think I've ever done. I still want to go skydive and things like that, but I'm going to take a couple sedatives before I do it. <laughs> but um, that was the scariest thing I've ever personally done, and I know that's probably kind of funny to most people, but I'm a small-town girl from a town of about 200 people and um we didn't do things like that on the farm so uh that was probably the scariest thing I've ever done personally but I look forward to uh making that blood pump one day and um jumping out of an airplane that's awesome did you film the parasailing no oh that would be you wouldn't want to see it When when you when you go skydiving, you'll have to you'll have to film it. I think it's yeah. I will. That'll be funny. That'll be great. I'll let you see it when I do it, as long as I survive. (laughs) You'll survive. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be cool. I'd I'd be uh, I'd be honoured to watch it. Let's put it that way. Um, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, good. Thank you, Christy. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, I think that was really insightful and it was really cool to just hear how many things you've gone through and how many guts you've had, I guess, to to do what you're doing. But exactly where you are now and the success that you're having is, is just amazing to see. And I'd love to know, is there any way that our listeners can help you, where they can find you, where they can support you and your journey? Yeah, how you can help me is uh, you take care of you. You put your family first. 
put that phone away, make some memories that only you and your family know about, and don't share it with the world. Put your family first every time that you can. Make those memories. We've only got about 940 Saturdays between the time our babies are born and the time that they go off to college. So enjoy each of those days that you can with them and put your family first. And uh, People can contact me. Um, I'm all over Facebook. Um, so you can contact me on Facebook. You can get a hold of any sometime spouse office and uh, get a hold of me. You can also email me, Christy, at sometime spouse, or you can call me. Um, I'm always willing to help anybody that's getting started in business. If they have a couple questions or they want to bounce an idea off me, I always make time for new entrepreneurs because I remember when I was starting this business, those people that took my phone calls in the beginning um, helped me shape uh, the business. So anybody that ever needs anything, please reach out to us. Amazing. Thanks, honey. And I'm sure that you'll get a couple of messages coming through your way, asking for some wisdom. Um, I really enjoyed that. So thank you so much for coming. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listener and give us a five-star review. Don't forget to join our free Facebook community called She's Unshakable, where we get to share our tips and tricks and experiences with building courage, resilience, and belief in ourselves. I look forward to meeting you in there.